welcome to your hmm, Wednesday motivation, your bite-sized snack of inspiration to start the middle of your week right. Okay, this isn't working, but basically this is a continuation of Monday's mini potty all about having a meaningful life, living a meaningful life. So we talked about some great tips on Monday for cultivating meaning, including embracing your units, the parts about you that only you can do, understanding what's really important to you and setting boundaries and finding your passion and your purpose. And we're going to go through some tips today as well for leading a meaningful life the first one I want to talk about is giving back. So the world is in desperate need of people who give their time, their energy, their love, and their money. And just where we're on this, I remember years ago talking to someone and saying, gosh, I just, I don't really have time to, you know, go and do whatever, give soup at a soup kitchen. And she said to me, if you don't have time, it's always okay to give money. And I know that's just, it was such an off-the-cuff statement, but it really made a big difference to me, thinking, you know what? She's right. And sometimes it is one of the most useful things you can do, especially when somebody is in the time of crisis. And this is why I think GoFundMe pages are fantastic. When somebody is, you know, their partner's in hospital or they're, they're really going through a traumatic time, Money never hurts. You know, it can really help to at least take out those immediate problems of do we have enough food on the table and and are we going to pay our mortgage? So that always has resonated with me that when you are struggling to give time, thinking about where you can put your donations is really awesome. Um, And I'm a firm believer that whatever you give out comes back to you in abundance. So I also feel very much that being really generous, being over generous, sometimes giving donations that make you feel a little bit uncomfortable, like, oh my gosh, is this too generous? I don't know if you've ever experienced this, but it's almost like you you make that donation and that money almost comes back to you immediately in some other form. Have you found that? So imagine what the world would be like if it was filled with people who were givers, you know, people who gave with generosity and mm. kindness of, of heart and had that attitude of giving without any thought of it being reciprocated. Wouldn't that just be amazing? So my second tip is to be grateful. And this is a little bit of a cliche, I know, and we talk all the time, not only on here, but most podcasts where we start talking about how to be happy or how to have a meaningful life, gratitude is right up there. So celebrating life's little pleasures as well as the big pleasures. And gratitude is a funny thing. Okay, most of us have a distinctive understanding of what gratitude is. But dig a little deeper, and it can be quite hard to define. Is it an emotion? Is it a virtue? Is it a trait? Is it a behavior? Social scientists Robert Emmons and Michael McCulloch define gratitude as a two-step process. The first part is recognizing that one has obtained a positive outcome, and the second part is recognizing that there's an external source for this positive outcoming. 
and feeling grateful to that external force. So what are you grateful for? Some families go around the table at night and they name three things each each day. Other people journal. Other people might just prefer to feel it. What I would say is make it genuine and heartfelt as opposed to it being a rote statement, which is why I think we have to be a little careful about, you know, sitting in bed with our partner at night and saying, okay, name three things you're grateful for, you know, because you're just tired, you want to go to sleep. And so we all reel off the usual things, right? We say, well, I'm really grateful for my health and I'm really grateful for my family and I'm really grateful I have a job or I've got enough food on the table. And so we say the same things over and over without necessarily thinking about them, which is the danger about doing the round the table thing as well. So as I think the big thing is to think about what are you truly grateful for and can you be a little bit more specific? You know, I'm really grateful for, you know, my heart is full right now. I look at my children and they're thriving and they're happy and I just can't believe I'm so blessed that I have healthy, happy kids, something like that. In social experiments, we have seen that people who express gratitude also tend to have more pro-social behaviour. So what do I mean by that? I mean that they're more likely to partake in acts that are awesome acts. So in this case, it meant acts of kindness as well as um, what we they tended to find with this particular study is that people who were more grateful also when they were working in teams tended to perform more, more cooperatively and less selfishly than people who were not regularly expressing gratitude. Isn't that interesting? So it's almost like when we express grateful and we, we recognise how lucky we are, it's like we become nicer people. <laughs> okay, um, my next tip is get into the moment. So stop thinking about the past. You know, the past is such an interesting one and, and especially with gratitude, we might look back on our past and think, you know, I'm so grateful for having a great family and for being brought up with love. And Or we might even look back on our past and think, I'm so grateful I survived that chaos <laughs> and it made me a better person. You know, I've come through that, that trauma and that nightmare strong and I'm actually really grateful for having the, the crazy family life I did or you know, those those horrendous relationships that, that help me recognize that my, my current partner is so awesome. So it's good to, to be obviously aware of your past and remember your past, but without living constantly in your past. And likewise, without constantly being future focused either. So spending some time just simply in the now and simply being, and the world will carry on just fine without you for a few minutes. And this is where meditation is fantastic for this. And so is anything where you get into what um, the famous philosopher, philosopher, I think he is, psychologist, philosopher, um, Mahali Csikszentmihalyi talks about getting into a state of flow. And a state of flow is when you are very much in the moment 
And it is also often where there's a time warp. So either time speeds up where, you know, an hour goes by and you go, oh my goodness, where did that time go? I was just having such a great time. Or sometimes conversely, it slows down and you go, wow, it was only an hour, but it felt like forever. Like I was just so in the moment and that was amazing. So state of flow, we also, when we are in that state of flow, we also often go into something called internal locus of control. And that is where you are very absorbed in what you are doing. And in particular, if we think about things that require some uh, some concentration and some awareness of dangers. So a great example of this is rock climbing. You really want to be focused on what you're doing. Um, another example might be dance. So you're thinking about the choreography or you're thinking about the performance, really living in the moment. So you, again, you're exhibiting internal locus of control. And I would also apply it to what we do, which is weight training. And you think about the weights you're lifting and how my feet positioned. Am I, am I balanced? Am I focused? Can I do this? What have I done before? Okay, now visualize. And so it becomes this oh, you know, it's not just about what weight training does for your physique, for your strength. It's also what it does for your mind. So this incredible sense of relaxation, of living in the moment, of stress release, of mental health, it's really, really magic. So it's just so good for you. My next tip is to start your day well. Have you read a book called The Miracle Morning by Hal Alrod? If you haven't, it's a really good read. I love it. I read it. I've read it a few times. And in fact, I run sessions in the studio every now and then called The Miracle Morning. And what we do is we have a miracle morning as stated in Hal's book. So what he says is that there are six components, sorry, not six kimonos, six components. I've got a friend in Japan at the moment. I'm thinking about kimonos. Six components to having a really amazing start to your day. And they are these. Silence, affirmations, visualization, exercise, reading, and scribing. So spending some time just in quiet and silence, affirmations. So putting some positive uh, affirmations and some positive intentions into the world, visualization. So in particular, visualizing your day going well and perhaps uh, visualizing if you've got a, a sticky meeting coming up or a difficult transaction that you have to, to go through or um, you need to talk to one of your children or something like that, you visualize that all going smoothly and having a really positive outcome. Exercise, of course, it might be a walk, it might be a swim, it might be weight training. Reading, so just, um, I always like to think of book ending your day. So doing a little bit of reading in the morning, a little bit of reading at night. Um, again, just to, just to bring some great energy into your life and to kind of almost warm your brain up a little bit intellectually by doing some reading of something really good or, or something really inspiring. And scribing. Now, scribing is a very old-fashioned term, but I would tend to say rather than scribing, perhaps journaling. So, if you think about it, journaling, it's, it's that might that might work better for you. Um, so, those things are awesome. Now, if you're anything like me, I get up at four forty a.m. I don't have 
well, I, I shouldn't say that. I don't have time. I do have time. I could get up at 4.20 a.m. and do all of this stuff, but I already get up so early. It is quite challenging to put this time aside, perhaps do some meditation and then do some journaling, et cetera, et cetera. So I don't always do a miracle morning like this, but I do condense it right down. And then I do the other elements later in the day. So I always read, I always exercise, I always journal, I always do affirmations and visualizations, and I try and almost always meditate every day. Um, But I I think that the big thing about a great morning is getting up, having that positive mindset and starting your day with positivity. So every day is a new start. I put something on social media the other day about, you know, every every day is like a new chance to reinvent yourself. Every day is a chance to be healthy. Every day is a brand new start where you can put a lot of stuff behind you. It's the past now. We're living in in the present. It's a fresh start. And are you able each day to wake up and be really excited and rearing to go? So for me, and you might be similar when I get up and I'm just like in get to work mode, once I sit in my car, and remember I only have two minutes drive to the studio, but that is where I will set my intentions even just for my first session studio. So as I'm driving, I'm focused on the road, but I'm also thinking to myself, it's a beautiful day today. I'm going to bring joy today. I'm going to try and have every interaction positive. I'm going to be a little bright spark in my client's day. So when they walk into the studio and they see my smiling face, I I instantly want to try and elevate their mood. I'm the first person they see in the morning. I want that to be a really nice start to their day. It's such a privilege for me to be able to control people's moods. And that's not just on me. That's on you. It's on every, it's on all of us. Our energy absolutely directs, directly affects the people around us. So for me, when I'm running a group session, I can manipulate the mood to be really somber and sad, or I can bring it right up to be really joyous. So, and and without being too kind of, you know, controlling about it, that's a very, um, a, a very definite thing that I try and do is to bring the mood in the studio up and to have everyone leave the day feeling really great. And I, I don't think that's just me. That is any good leader in a group space um, especially when you're dealing with people's private time, like running a PT studio, this is what we want to do. We want to set our intentions to bring people up. So if you're listening to this and you're a teacher or you're a leader or you're a keynote speaker, this is what we do, right? We are we are energy forces within the world. So one of our jobs is hopefully to bring up people's energy. <laughs> I hope that's not too too airy fairy, but that's that's what I believe. So. The start of your day may not look exactly like a miracle morning, but maybe there are elements of that that you can you can think about and might make a really big difference to you. And I'll be honest with you, it's one of the reasons I just absolutely love people exercising in the morning. I take all early morning sessions because it is a great start to your day. And we all know exercise isn't just about the physical, it's about the mental just as much. 
I'm going to leave you with a quote because it's such a lovely one and it is difficult roads lead to beautiful destinations. As we traverse through life, all of us have our challenges. It's not always easy. In fact, I think it is seldom easy to lead a truly meaningful life. You talk to anyone, even people who have seemingly the most perfect lives, nobody does. Everyone struggles. We just don't know about those struggles. So go forth and be kind. So I hope that you love that. Have a beautiful, beautiful Wednesday. We are halfway through the week. Go out, get into nature, be kind, share love, and may your week be a cinch. This has been a Suckerfish Media production. Subscribe now for Find Your Fierce with Nikki Alice.